Today on Lockdown Red Wings, we know all about how the Red Wings can find those diamond in the roughs in the late rounds. But who in Detroit history is the biggest draft bust? You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I am a producer over at 97 on the ticket, while Scotty is the host over at Locked On Tigers, as well as a freelance journalist for the Detroit News I want to thank you guys for making Lockdown Red Wings your first listen every single day. We are free and available on all platforms. And today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, Scotty. So, you know, we're sitting here and we're, we're talking and we're like, man, what'd be a good Monday episode? What would make a really interesting Monday episode? We're talking like, well, we just did playoffs. And, you know, talking about what's made those teams successful. And I I do think it does warrant further down the line, like a deeper conversation about the individual teams themselves. We wanted to change it up a bit because we felt like it'd be like retreading old ground. And so we we decided to go with a more of a fun, looser topic to start the week off. And I don't know. It's talking about the biggest draft busts, a fun, loose topic. It's an interesting topic. Yes. No, it is. I don't (laughs) care what anybody says. That is a fun objectively a fun thing to talk about i don't i don't care what anybody says that is that is absolutely a fun thing to talk about and so that's where we're going to be today uh before we get to that i gotta ask you scotty have you been watching did you watch either of the games this past weekend for the eastern western conference finals yeah yeah insane like what evander kane first of all what evander kane did the nazim kadri was absolutely warranted a suspension and i love the athletic i don't know if they did accident. Well, yeah, for sure. I don't. I don't know whether or not the athletic did this on purpose, but they said he got suspended for one game, and then like the subtitle was like suspended the rest of the conference finals. <laughs> I don't know if they shot themselves in the foot or if that was an accident. But I mean, you know, that's, Colorado, that's kind of funny. No, and like what's really interesting too is, you know, we talked a little bit about it. You know, when the Colorado was up what one nothing, two nothing, it, it really shows you the difference in the depths depths of these roster. You know, Connor McDavid, Leon Drysaddle, and admittedly Evander Kane. Pretty much that one line has single-handedly hauled the Edmonton Oilers to the Western Conference Final. Yeah, oh yeah. But this is the first time they've faced a team as complete as the Colorado Avalanche, who also have their own superstars in Nathan McKinnon. Um, so, and of course, Cal McCarr on the, on the back end. Right. So you're faced with a team that's just super complete, and now you finally see like, okay, one player cannot do it all. Now, granted, as we were sitting here record this. Series isn't over with by any stretch of the imagination, but it's it's also very validating for me who's been on the anti-Edmonton train. I'm not on the anti-Connor McDavid train. I love Connor McDavid, but I'm very against how they've built the team around him. I think that they've done a horrible job build, building the team around him, and I don't yeah. want Can I don't Holland want them to feel. Yeah. You're paying $5 million to Duncan Keith, who's 39 years old. It's a very Ken Holland move to go out and sign a veteran who's six years past his prime because he was good once and then pay him $5 million. $5 million is the Ken Holland staple. He gave 4.75 to seven years to Justin Applicator. He gave 
five mil a year to Danny DeKaiser. I think he gave five mil a year to France, Franz Nielsen. He gave five, five, five by five to Darren Helm. Like it's just the Ken Holland. He's like five million dollars, five million. He signed to Mike Smith at 40 years old. I, I don't need to go down. I've gone down this, this rabbit hole so many times. The goalie situation but, is crazy. Like people are literally looking around. Like the casual hockey fans are literally looking around. Like there's no way that they just keep throwing this 40 year old dude out here, right? Like, there's no way that well, they, they have just keep doing as their backup, right? Like he's not horrible. Yeah. He's a good, pretty decent backup. No, I literally have one of my buddies like doesn't watch hockey at all and he's like are they really going with smith again but he was just like betting on the game and like and like was like casually watching it for fun because you know it's a crazy good sporting event going on um yeah he's usually a basketball dude and he was like is this seriously are they just going to keep going to the smith guy he's 40 i was like yeah dude like that's it like that's 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 like the whole thing with their team is they they kind of have to and uh and they they every single year they have a hole in that and they refuse to address it and they would rather give money to forty year old non goalies and forty year old goalies I guess well it's um, like it's not like there it, weren't any remarkable. goalies in the free agency market this past offseason they could have upgraded it some degree and they just went yeah. back to the forty year old and I, I just it blows my mind they could have given us a decent prospect for uh, Bernier last oh. last last deadline too I mean that's actually a really good point though too I mean even in the offseason Carolina traded for the the rights for uh Bernie how, and they didn't even need him how about yeah. us we got rid of a third round pick for Ned yeah <laughs> like what are we talking about the, the Oilers went no we don't want any of that we're we're, we're good on 40 year old Mike Smith actually. twice his age and this isn't Mike Smith slander he's had a pretty nice career no he's had a nice as a French starter but I I wish to do nothing but the best he had an Ken Holland slander is what it is right he had an incredible performance and in, in uh in that game seven like he's he's had like he's he's been he's been fine he's been all right but it's it's just like what like what are we doing man like what? It, it's well, it's unbelievable to me actually well then the Eastern Conference you have obviously the Rangers and the Lightning and the Lightning you can just it just genuinely genuinely feels like they're feeling the fatigue of back to back cups with like no off season because they're trying to like get the seasons back on track and they just seem they seem so much obviously they won on Sunday make it. Two to one in the series, but often Nikita Kucherov doing Nikita Kucherov things with that amazing yeah. pass, like two seconds left, or like I think it was like actually like forty-five. But regardless, it's just like two. It it was just it, this New York team is. I feel like the I, I don't want to call them the Cinderella story of this playoffs because they're, they're definitely a, they're a pretty well-rounded team. But I, I think don't think any anybody going into the season expected them to be where they are now. Yeah, they, like that. This was like a like a step year, right? Like this yeah, was like a hey, sure. this is a young team. They do have some expiring deals, but like this is a young team uh, with like a good farm, and like this could be like a really big step forward year uh, for them. And then like I think most people are thinking next year was the year they make a playoff push, and here they are. Well, what's the craziest thing about them too? And and my my buddy pointed this out to me on uh, before our game today is what makes New York so interesting is they've gotten incredible draft luck. Yeah, they got the first. And they jumped up from like tenth to two one year to get Capo Caco, and then like there was the next year, the year after that, they got Lafreniere at number right, one. They won the, lot, the Laffy lottery, yeah. So I mean, but those guys, those two guys who are extremely talented, haven't really been the difference makers. They've been fine, but they haven't yeah, been Lafreniere like number one. Hasn't number been two. anything like crazy dynamic or you know like special or anything. No. The difference makers are the guys that they got who are like 27, 28, and Zabinajad and right and uh, Chris Kreider who had like a fifty goal season. Those are guys yeah, that Kreider had an amazing year. Yeah, guys they acquired to be their their core years ago, 
And like, I feel like when you look at the New York Rangers and this is starting to get down to what I wanted to talk about that I should probably not get too deep into for when we, we want to you know, no, talk about sure, that yet. But like, I feel like the Rangers probably have the most um, realistic expectations for a rebuilding team for the Red Wings. Obviously they've been riding a really hot goaltender. I mean, Shesterkin is going to mm-hmm. easily win the Vezda this year. Although Vasilevsky definitely deserves it again. Cause he's Man. a freak. Yeah. Um, the, the, such a good, if you're a, if you're a goalie fan. Oh yeah. Yeah. But I mean, they have Adam Fox. They got Jacob Truba. Um, they got Zabinajad, Kreider, Lafreniere, and Capo Caco. And you know, obviously, those two guys you need draft luck. And the Red Wings haven't necessarily had that, but they've gotten great players through the draft. And they already they already have their Zabinajad and Kreider. Maybe not you know to a T, but you know, with your Larkin and Bertuzzi, you hope. So I mean, that's why I, I think that maybe they're probably the most realistic. But that's getting into a whole different topic. The point being is the conference finals have been really exciting, and uh, I've been like just heavily enjoying the playoffs. And I I hope it's a Colorado Rangers final to give us something, something unique. I feel like. Yeah. I, I, I think um, outside of a McDavid cup, I think I agree with that. Um, it's, it would definitely be too like really deep, like really, really deep teams that that can run forever as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I wouldn't mind that. I, I guess that'd be, That'd be fine by me. Like I said, San, Sansa McDavid ring. That that's that seems fine. Completely agree. Uh, before we get into the biggest draft bus, which we've successfully put off for an entire segment because we started talking playoffs so much, but here we are. Uh, I got to talk to you guys today about Athletic Greens. Our next partner is a product you got to you guys got to use literally every day. You got to start taking AG one because um, there's just a huge source of all your probiotics. It's a super it's a superfood stuff. Uh, with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food for whole food source superfoods. There's that mouthful. Probiotics and aptogens to help you start your day right. The special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all those things. It's lifestyle-friendly. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything while still tasting good. Athletic Greens was created when the founder experienced a ton of gut health issues and ended up on a complicated supplement routine to recover. It cost him $100 a day. He created Athletic Greens after experiencing how difficult it was to create an optimal nutrition routine all on your own. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your purchase. All you need, all you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash NHL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com forward slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Segment two, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Scotty and I are going to get into our biggest draft bus in red recent Red Wings history. Let's say recent Red Wings history because you and I just we're not going to know guys from like the seventies. That's just sorry, that's just not happening, peeps. Well, like the the players that played for those teams, I'm fine with, but like the yeah. like I, I don't I don't know who was good in college hockey in nineteen you know sixty eight. Right. Like that that's the part where like you're a little I'm that's over my head, admittedly. But like the so the. the Labeling who is an, an actual bust outside of just looking for at a piece of paper would be difficult. It's but, really hard at that time. Yeah, but but I mean, we certainly can do the last 20, 30 years because oh, there's uh, for as and, and look, there there is like I, I'm a Pistons fan. Like this is this is right up Detroit Pistons alley. 
right? Like this is, I mean, the Pistons are, in my opinion, like a bottom three drafting team in the history of the NBA. Um, so like the, there's certainly worse situations out there in sports for, for draft busts. Um, doing this in baseball is, is my favorite thing because they're so frequent at like for every team, no matter what, just because baseball is crazy like that. Baseball drafts are just, um, just throwing crap at the wall. Yeah, after especially after like the third round, it really is. And like who signs and who doesn't and all that. You know, there's you have to you have to pr- be promoted five different times to make the majors. Like it's crazy, right? So like it's it's really hard to to find that. But the Red Wings is interesting because they have. We have, we, like you said in the in the cold open, like we have so many draft picks that we found in like the fifth, sixth, seventh round that turned out to be great hockey players. I mean, obvious the obvious guys, Datsuk and Zetterberg, of course. Right, and 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 it's just it's so fascinating to to see that, but then also look at some top picks that kind of became nothing, and and honestly, I think more so than anything, even if we even if we don't um, like focus in or, or whatever, even if there aren't too many like true bust busts, I mean, just having a conversation about some of these dudes is just fun because it's, you know, been a while since we talked about some of them. Well, it's, it's really interesting too, because I feel like we have to like kind of anyone outside the second round, you can't really consider a bust because if they make it to the NHL third round or later, it's kind of a success <laughs> at that point. I feel like you have to okay, keep Okay, hear me out. A.A. Andreas Athanasia, we're getting right into the controversial ones. <laughs> well, you said anyone drafted outside of the top two rounds couldn't be a pick. He was a fourth rounder. He was a fourth rounder who's kind of had a decent career for himself. I, think I agree. A- I agree. I, he, in, in the scheme of his entire career, he is certainly like not a bust for a fourth round draft pick. Like, no. Um, Red Wings career, maybe. Yeah, Maybe like because there's a lot of hype around him, and he had a 30 goal season, and then he fizzled out. Right, like that, that, I guess that's like, maybe more of our flash in the pan set, yeah, like, thing he, that we I did a we couple talked weeks about him ago than a draft buzz. Well, because you look in that same draft, the 2012 draft, in the second round, you took Martin Furk, and uh, we all know they didn't have a first rounder this year. They didn't have a first rounder in the 2012 entry draft. That was still when they were trying to win. So, you know, win now teams tend to yeah, just steal those just away. Screw it. Um, yeah, he's only, them picks. He's down in the Kings minor league system. Still a rocket of a shot. I think it's the fastest in professional hockey. But 124 games played so far, 20 goals, 20 assists. He's definitely second round pick. That's a draft bust. That, in my opinion, that is 100% a draft bust. I think even more so, you go back to the 2008 first round, 30th overall, you took Tom McCollum. Hmm. Goaltender out of Guelph Storm. Yeah, that was OHL. my. Uh, that was that was my. Uh, that was my boy for a little bit. I was a big. I was a big believer and a big fan at uh, in, when I was in fifth and sixth grade. Yeah, uh, three games played in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How not, about not even a flash in that pan? He busted before he reached the NHL. <laughs> right, exactly. How about give me a, a bust percentage on bust percentage on on Riley Sheehan. Ooh, ooh, that is a good one. Okay, so he was taking. That's a first round pick whose career high in points in a season was 36. That's a really tough one. I I don't think. Also, played 82 games for pretty much three, four years straight. 
uh, provided I, I, like nice depth minutes, but de- certainly never reached the heights of a, of a first round pick now late first rounder, but yeah, that's rounder. where the stipulation is. And he's also played 635 NHL games. He's had a certainly three- carved out a, a very, very nice yeah. year or year career like, for de- himself. Definitely certainly. not the top line center. You would hope he would be. Um, but you got, he also came out of the CCHA, uh, Notre Dame, Notre Dame like being a great college first team. overall, like, are we it's really going to be like, Oh, like the guy who's taken outside of the top 20 is like a huge bust. If he played like three games, I'd be like, yeah, bust. Like if right. he barely, but he's, he's carved out a nice NHL. Being an, you're right. Be, becoming a nice depth center, depth forward for, you know, the better part of a decade. I, I think he played games for the Kraken this year. Yeah, no, he's big. Yeah. He's a, he's an everyday NHL player. He's right. not bad. So yeah, I, I I would say that that's I I would say that that is a low bust percentage. Twenty first overall pick, bet had play. If if you would have said on draft night, hey, this dude that you're gonna take twenty one overall while you are still trying to win is gonna be a nice depth forward that plays for well over a decade, maybe well over is a stretch, over a decade. I think you go, okay, I'll take that at 21 overall. Because at that point in the first round, isn't that what you're drafting for? A guy who could be an everyday NHL player? And that's what I I, I think that that's, uh, that's, I wasn't bringing him up to say he is a bust. I was bringing him up to just have a conversation. I think that he's, that's a, that's a low bust percentage, low bust percentage. How about the 2011 entry level draft though? No first round pick that year, but you had three second round picks. The Detroit Wings had three second round picks in which pick 35, they took Thomas Yurko. Pick 48, they took Xavier Roulette. And pick 55, they took Ryan Sproul all in the second round. And if right. I'm correct, after Yurko, I believe Nikita Kucherov was taken after all three of those. He was taken in the second round in that span. And the Red Wings had two, at least two uh, chances at getting Nikita Kucherov. Let me double check on when Nikita Kucherov was taken. But in that That's draft, and obviously hindsight's 2020, but you took three guys, all of which are out of the NHL. Sproul had 12 career points at the NHL level. Uh Kucherov was taken 58th overall in that in that draft. So he, yeah, t- he, came, all of them. he came after all three of those guys in the second yeah. round. Uh career points 28 for a lot. And man, Thomas Jericho, man. Holy cow. That's a guy. I remember his his first Golly. game. I think we called him a flash in the pan too. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's the bustiest of them all. Yeah, yeah. That's a that man. Golly, I, I man. That's that's so wild because like that's a name that you watch his like YouTube highlights of him just stick handling. You think he's going to be a superstar? Yeah, like people like came... talked about Thomas Church. Like people people talked about him. Talked about yeah. him. Like he was he was not just some like. Oh, this dude, you know, was a second round pick. Let's like hope we get something out of him. Like at one point in in his development, he was talked about as like a dude. I completely like I just I remember his first goal against the Anaheim Ducks in his first game up. And it was just a highlight reel goal. And it's like, oh, the Thomas Yurko era is here. Right. And then he just completely fizzled out into nothing. Because the problem is, is he. He couldn't think the game at the NHL level. Like he just, his mind couldn't keep up. And so he was always out of position and he didn't play any defense. And that's just like at the AHL level, he could get away with covering up his, his, his shortcomings, but not at the NHL level. He just didn't have it, man. That 20, that draft was rough. That 2011. So, draft. Okay. How about, how about Sveshnikov? 
Evgeny Shvechnikov, oh, absolutely bust. 19th overall, 113 games played, 31 points. I would absolutely consider that a bust. Because you took him in the now, top 20. See, but the wild part is, like, like this year in Winnipeg, I mean, he had 19 points in 72 games. Like, it wasn't yeah. like he was good. But, like, his career high in points for, in, for the Wings was 8. So, it's like, him getting 19. And he also, his career high in games played for us was 21. So, it's not like we really gave much of a shot. But... Well, he was very much a Robbie Fabry situation where, like, he was injured so frequently that eventually he was kind of just pushed out of the lineup. Like, he lost his roster spot because other players were healthy and could play. Like, last season. He's only 25, man. That's crazy. I was so high. I was so high in Evgeny Svechnikov. I thought he was going to be. A lot of people were, man. It's so wild. Like, I would have told you he was like 28. My God. The fact that he's only 25 is crazy to me. How did the Red I don't even know how. So, obviously, in 2014, the Red Wings took Dylan Markin 15th overall. Running yeah. are still in the playoffs at that point. How did they get the fourteenth or the fifteenth overall pick? I don't even remember. Man, that's crazy. Oh God, 2016. First round pick, 20th overall. Dennis Cholowski. Absolute mm. bust. Bust percentage. Fucking powered through. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'd say <laughs> I'd say it's a pretty high bust percentage. Actually, this is a this is a not a That's bad a draft, though. You get Giovanni Smith and Philip Peronic both in the second. Yeah. One of which is an everyday NHL player for the Red Wings. But, uh, dude, Dennis Chalowski is another one. I mean, he he came up, and he's he's a flash-in-the-pan player as well. Like, yeah, both. He came yeah. up, he was scoring goals, and you thought he was going to be, like, an offensive defenseman, and then he just, like, stopped scoring goals and couldn't play defense. And then you let him go in the expansion draft, he gets on waivers, gets claimed by Washington, gets put back on waivers, gets claimed back by Seattle. I mean, yep. he's yeah. for a guy who stayed 20th overall, absolutely in the bust conversation without a doubt. Yeah, I think so too. How about, man, there, there's a lot of interesting names on here. Yeah. Guys, we are high on, but it's hard to call them busts because they never really like panned out as prospects in the first place. So you remember Lando? Landon Ferraro. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He played a couple. I of mean, games. like that's a second round pick, but at the same time, like, like barely a second round pick. He was taking thirty two. So, like in today's NHL, he would have actually been a first round pick if there was the amount of teams back then that there were now. Yeah, for sure. Um, so like a makeshift first round pick. Uh, but one of the top picks picks of uh of the second round, and certainly was. Was not not much. Uh, <laughs> career point total at twelve. I was played in the DEL for the last four years now. Wow, really? That's that's where he's gone to now. Yeah, he's not even. His last NHL game, he played two games for the Minnesota Wild in 2017. Then played twelve games for the Iowa Wild in 2018-19, and then literally since the start of 2019 has been in the DEL. Yeah, although that draft is pretty solid in terms no, of no that well that's so like in, on paper a second round pick not turning out isn't like that uncommon they had all but but it just one becomes really weird when you have like like tt's right behind him right like tatar's yeah. taken at, in the second round even 60th right overall. there he was the, what, the obviously last pick? Is, is, a, is a huge success story out of a second round pick um it's just super super interesting super interesting you know what else is interesting? Built bar? No, bet online. You failed. What a failure. <laughs> oh, I'm embarrassed. 
BetOnline is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, news, and odds, including this year's basketball championship matchup, the NHL Hockey Conference Finals, and Major League Baseball. And, of course, all the latest fighting news from MMA and UFC to boxing. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sport wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline. Where the game starts. Segment three, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Is Scotty and Jacob I Kindle. Jakob Kindle? Jakob. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. He's he's busting all over the place. That's a crazy yeah. one, too, because uh, Abby got taken that draft. And it's Darren a- Hellman the fifth was 05. Oh, yeah. It's another one where like he played 331 NHL games but never really got off the bottom pair with the Red Wings. So, like, yeah, he played. He had a decently long Ooh, NHL oh, career. Yeah. Um, Jakob yeah, I mean, like his career high in points in a season for any of the teams he played for was us, and it was 19. Yeah, and you took him 19th overall in 2005. He had 74 so, career points in 331 games. I just, I would definitely consider him a bust, but it, he's definitely, a, he, you know, he is on, he's teetering on that edge because he did play over 300 NHL games. Like he was sure. in like, state, I mean, but he just was a overall, bottom pair. Like whatever, but. You don't take a guy in the first round to be a bottom pair defenseman, though. That's 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 the problem. Correct. Yeah. I mean, I mean, like, yeah, I guess points isn't like super fair for like defensemen either. But at the same time, um, I don't know, man. I don't know that Jimmy Howard guy was a bust. Five hundred forty-three games played and only nine points. Heesh. How, <laughs> right. how is he that, out that's there? That's my today? point. Like, I don't, I don't like using points too much to to validate. Um. Yeah, to to analyze like defensemen, but at the same time, like that's very clearly a bottom player defenseman that you took in a the top twenty in the you NHL. You know what? I, I'm gonna sorry. I'm gonna I'm gonna veer a little bit because I just saw somebody and I want to put respect on this person's name. Oh, okay. Jonathan Erickson mm. was taken in the Never ninth forget. round of the 2002 entry level draft. Ninth round. There used to be nine rounds, guys. He was yeah. the last guy taken. He ended up playing six hundred eighty career games with the Detroit Red Wings. People gave Big E a lot of crap, and some of it justified because he wasn't necessarily. Sometimes he was a giant pylon, <laughs> and, I, and he didn't use his size very well for how big he was. But taking the la- being the last guy taken in the NHL draft in the ninth round, and then finding your way to nearly seven hundred career games and being a mainstay on the defensive core when the team was good, mind you. Like this is this is when the Red Wings. If he, he was if he played on the current Red Wings, he'd be a top pair defenseman. He'd be right there with. Yeah, Wings, he would. Right? Oh, I mean, yeah, he would. Yeah, yeah, he would. So he was taking smack. He was taking smack talk back when he, the Detroit Red Wings were good, because he was quote unquote the worst defenseman on the team. He was taken in the ninth round. It was a mainstay on that defensive core that was stacked yeah. during the Stanley Cup era. I want I people. I feel like people don't look fondly on the Jonathan Erickson. Um, Era. Also, I believe at one point he transitioned from forward to, de- to defense. I might be making that part up. I'd have to double check my facts on that one. It might have been like before he was professional that he transitioned from forward to defense. But for the fact that he was taken last in the draft, the expectations for that is like if you play in America at all at the AHL or ECHL, it's right. like success. For no, for sure. Mainstays, amazing. I I want to put respect on Jonathan Erickson's name because I just noticed him on here. No, I like that. I like that. Um... At, negative bust. Negative bus percentage. Negative. Uh, I do think it's also funny. Like you very tell win now mode. Nineteen ninety nine when we did take Z in the seventh. Did our first pick in the draft was the fourth round. Yeah, 
that's the you can tell it's win now mode. <laughs> first, first pick was uh 120 overall, where we took a man by the name of Jari Tulsa, who did not even play an AHL game, nonetheless, an NHL game ever in his career. Uh played in the SEL for like 20 years though of yeah like 15 16 years um yeah went over to the SEL in in 99 and played for Fralunda and then retired after the 13 14 season when he played in the Austria Hockey League so, I'm looking at a lot of these. Heck, uh, I mean, it's funny because I was like, "Oh, like that's a pretty terrible first pick of the draft," and then I'm like, "Oh, wait, it was it was the, the fourth, fourth round." round. <laughs> yeah, there's like three draft picks that round. It's funny right. you go back into the '90s and it was so much more hit and miss. Like you get guys, well, oh, shit, the 1991 entry level draft was stacked. You took Martin Lapointe, who has had 991 games played. Uh, Jamie Pusher. <laughs> It's so tough to label any of these guys as like true, like terrible bust. Just because oh, I'm not calling any of these guys picks. bust. I'm just I'm looking at the '90s and being like, no, wow. no, no. I'm talking about this this whole thing. Like all of our picks at, before 2015, before 2017, before like I, 2017 are like 20th or later. We're, like, we're it's getting hard like, to even be like, oh, like this is a huge myth. It's like there's the 28th dude taken. Like I don't know. Like man. The Red Wings, like, it's crazy. It's it's like either feast or famine in some of these drafts with how, like, deep the pool is or how, I mean, I don't know if it come, comes down to scouting, but, like, obviously everyone knows how, like, absolutely stacked the Red Wings draft in 1989 was. Like, that was the yeah. Red Wings draft. draft. I mean, that they took Mike Sillinger, who played a thou- over 1,000 games, Bob Bogner, who played 630, Nicholas Lidstrom, obviously the perfect human, Sergei Fedorov, I mean, that's that's your first, second, third, fourth round pick, all of which played over 500, three of which played over 1,000. Yeah, that's actually crazy. <laughs> and then, so, Sean Sean McCosh, you took in the fifth round. He had nine games played. And then Dallas Drake, you took Dallas in the sixth Drake, round. Dallas Drake, man. 1,000 games played. You don't get another guy who played an uh, NHL who game until back, the 11th. Or, Shout out Dallas Drake. Came back and won a cup in 08. But Vladimir, Vladimir Konstantinov was your 11th round pick in 1989. Wow, yeah. So you you took Vladdy, and everyone knows this if you're a Red Wings fan, but it's just crazy to look at that draft. You had, you took Konstantinov, you took Dallas Drake, Sergey Fedorov, and Nicholas Lidstrom, and of course Mike Sillinger, all in that draft. It's just like what a what a freaking draft. Obviously, Mike Sillinger only played you know a handful of seasons with the Red Wings, I think five total, uh, before bouncing around the league. But over a thousand games played is pretty insane. Yes, it is. No, it certainly is. We've totally gotten off our bus topic though. Now we're just. No, I mean, like we were drafts. just like it's fun to just kind of draft pick, watch. Like there are there is some fun in that, and just look at like all over these draft classes. You want to talk um, about a, a draft that was just famine though? Nineteen ninety six, their first round pick Jesse Wallen played forty nine games played, and every single other player taken in that draft rounds two through nine did not play at the NHL level. That's a famine. Uh, Philip Zadina and the show. <laughs> wait, wait, should, uh, 